0: Hey, welcome to the podcast of The Kelly Gutierrez Show. Thursday, February the 18th, we are going to feature reaction from 640 Toronto listeners to the news that Roman Baber, an MPP who's an independent yesterday, asked the other MPPs at Queen's Park to cut their salary to the amount they'd make if they were living off of the SERB. They said no, but the reaction from 640 listeners on what they wish they would have said is very different. We'll get to that after this. All right, let's face it. I have no idea how many social media platforms you are on right now, but the average person, I think, has about three on the go. And we we use them from everything, uh, from posting pictures of our past lives, where we're able to go on vacations and hang with friends, to uh, uh, sharing cats, playing piano, or dog videos, uh, or just sharing the news. And Australia's been leading the way when it comes to the fight for digital platforms to take responsibility and share the wealth uh, with media outlets. Their biggest media conglomerate has signed a deal with Google. And that happened on the same day yesterday that Facebook announced that the country's users would no longer be able to share news on its platform. Here to give us more perspective and some context on what's going on, Michael Geist, law professor at the University of Ottawa and a candidate research chair in Internet and e-commerce law. Quite a mouthful. Uh, Let's get right down to it. What is happening down under and uh, why should Canadians pay attention?
1: Oh, it's a great question. It's a, I think it's a pretty complicated situation. So we could go back, I guess, a number of months or into last year when Australia made the decision that it was going to force the large platforms, particularly Google and Facebook, to pay essentially for linking to news articles. You know, especially in the case of Facebook, which is really at the center today. They don't post any articles. They don't pay. They don't post full articles, but their users will post, of course, links to articles, as you've mentioned, as part of a sharing process. And the Australian government says, well, Facebook should pay for the fact that those links appear on the site. Facebook's made it pretty clear that uh, they were unwilling to do that. That. They support journalism in a number of different ways, but the idea of paying for links that they didn't even themselves post and don't post the full articles was a step too far, and they said that if Australia moved ahead with this, that they would simply stop the sharing of news articles. It just wasn't worth enough to them in terms of user experience to to continue and pay that. Well, Australia moved ahead, and it turned out Facebook wasn't bluffing because yesterday they began blocking uh, news sharing of Australian news articles uh, in Australia.
0: So um, at the heart of this, am I correct to, to assume that it's that argument? Is social media a broadcaster or are they just a bulletin board?
1: I'm not sure that it's I mean, that, that's certainly one of the questions. I think this raises a whole series of issues, questions around overblocking, because one of the things that took place is that they blocked not just us, not just news media articles, but but there were other sites or services that got caught in the crossfire as well. Um, I think there's also the role of what role is government going to play in in some of these things. I mean, this idea that the government could effectively seek to force Facebook to include, say, news sharing links um, Hmm. would turn Facebook, I think, almost into into like a broadcaster or more like a cable company where there would have must carry requirements. And I'm not sure that's a road that we'd want to go down, but that's in a sense where Australia may be headed.
0: Well, Facebook saying that it wants to stop allowing users in the country to share news on their platform could this backfire though for Facebook? I mean, they're already facing criticism over privacy issues, which make people kind of nervous, and a lot of people are ditching Facebook, saying, "Well, that's for grandma and grandpa. I'm out."
1: Yeah, uh, there's you know I don't think there's there are any winners here. Um, I think the media companies themselves, that uh, particularly Murdoch has been pushing the Australian government to do this. I think uh, the practical reality is that um, they lose out because Facebook says, and I think they're probably right in this, that all the free links in effect from their service results in huge revenues to the companies themselves. I mean, they're clearly struggling on the digital ad side, but all those links are in effect free and it's readers coming to their site. And so they lose. Facebook loses for the reasons you just mentioned. I mean, they're, they're already not loved by many. And this is only going to, I think, increase the temperature on this, and I think Governments lose out, too, because suddenly we now find ourselves in this kind of showdown and we may find even more regulation and, in fact, over-regulation in the space as a response.
0: You brought up Murdoch. So let's get to uh, Google and the big story yesterday. They made an agreement with News Corp, who are owned by um, the conglomerate that Rupert Mur- Murdoch started. Um, Google is has struck a deal with uh, media companies and, and basically, can you maybe get into what that, that deal is? Because I think they're being really mums the word on the amount of money that, that they're worth. But what does this deal essentially allow for?
1: Yeah, they, so they haven't given specific dollars. This is actually part of some, something that Google's been doing for a while. And, and their position frankly is not all that different from Facebook. They also say they will not pay for links and they are not paying for links here. But what they will pay for um, is value add. And I think that's a pretty reasonable approach to take. So they're basically saying, listen, we're not gonna pay for the inclusion of links in our search engine out to sites. uh, But what we will pay for is if you license our content so that we can uh, find ways to generate revenue off it and showcase it, and that's in fact what they're calling this service. That's something that we would license because that goes far beyond beyond just the link. And so they've been going around to uh, publishers really around around the world saying, we're willing to pay you for this content, but not just for linking to it. That we won't pay for, but we will pay if we can include it in this new showcase product. And so that's where that deal is at. It's notable they've tried to strike similar deals in Canada, and only two smaller media companies have thus far... Uh, signed up. And I think that in some ways highlights yet again the risk that the Canadian government is, has with its kind of regulate first approach. So you've got Heritage Minister Guy Beau saying, you know, he wants to regulate these players. So mm-hmm. we get some of the large Canadian media players saying, well, why should we sign up for this licensing deal when we think the government is basically going to do the negotiating for us?
0: Right. But I hear that some of them would prefer to negotiate because they might get a better deal.
1: I think they well I think they should negotiate. I mean, I think that at the end of the day is is really the the preferred model. I mean, what the you know the the best approach is for these large players to say we have something of value. It's not the links back to our site in which frankly we benefit. It's from the potential to license some of our content to you to showcase In different ways and you've got the platform saying yeah we'll pay for that and the stumbling block it looks like right now in canada is the intervention of the canadian government which you know it seems bent on trying to find a way to say we want to regulate in this space and and mandate that the web giants pay
0: i have to give credit where credit is due uh it was a story in the star that brought this to my attention this morning um, but they're also saying, they're not naming their source, but they're saying the federal government is aiming to introduce legislation by summer. What are you hearing? I mean, you know a lot about this topic.
1: No, and that's exactly right. I mean, well, I don't think there's any secret. In fact, the Heritage Minister has made it clear that some kind of legislation is on the way. I think the government has has a bit of a hard time on this issue, in part because they see that there are risks. It's quite clear the Australian case shows us that there are unintended consequences when you kind of go engage in this kind of brinksmanship. And the Australian model uh, or even the French model, which involves copyright, both bring with it a lot of risk and unintended consequences. The better approach, I think, as we've been saying, would be to find ways to, to negotiate licenses for the value-add content. Uh, and I think that, you know, the government continually emphasizing that it's willing to step in um, is actually undermining the possibility of, of reaching that kind of uh, agreement.
0: So I'm driving in my car right now. I have nothing to do with media. I could care less, I'm dealing with the pandemic. Why should this uh, story be important to me?
1: Well, I think it's important for a number of different reasons and not necessarily from the perspective of sharing links on Facebook. I mean, many people may not even be users of Facebook and Facebook says that in any event, the new sharing stuff is only 4% of actual usage. So the reality is many people don't encounter a whole lot of news sharing or it's just not a, a crucial part of, of that service. But where this does start to matter is, is government going to begin to regulate increasingly this space, not just saying what sites can't have, because we know that there's a lot of calls for, for increased blocking of certain content, but now even what sites must have. And uh, that, that's a, that would be a pretty significant paradigm shift and I think raise some real concerns. And I think the overblocking is a huge issue because as government, and especially in the Canadian government, talks about wanting sites to take a more aggressive approach in blocking content. I think the lesson here is that one of the things that will happen is that along with the stuff we don't want, there is stuff that we do want that may get caught in the crossfire.
0: All right. And as someone that works in media, is this going to be good for media in general? Could this guarantee the survival of quality news and even local news, which, you know, even if people uh, aren't invested in it, like some of us that work in it are, um, it's important to get your local news somewhere. Of
1: course it is. But no, this doesn't this doesn't guarantee. Anything, innovative business models and finding ways to, to find readers and to um, adapt the, to the new digital environment is what guarantees survival, not regulated solutions that, that mandate certain handouts. I mean, here here's here's the thing. At the end of the day, there's been a big shift in digital ad dollars that have moved from the legacy media to the large platforms. But the point is, it's not because of news, the ad, those advertisers are going because those other services are offering up a better ad product, and so there needs to be—they need to adapt, but they're not going to adapt by simply finding ways to try to turn these large platforms into an ATM and saying we ought to be able to withdraw something.
0: Michael, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your perspective.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: Thanks for having Have me. a great day. All right. Let's talk about what happened yesterday in Queens Park. Uh, Roman Baber, who was kicked out of Ford's caucus in January after sending the premier a two page letter calling the provincial lockdown deadlier than covid, decided to put forth a motion, a motion. And he asked all MPPs to take it seriously. The fact that there are, you know, 400000 Canadians that are out of work, um, just to, the fact to make it seem like they uh, can relate And they're not out of touch. How about we all go ahead and cut all our salaries so they match the amount that Canadians, that Ontarians, and specifically would have made during the lockdown, which is 500 bucks from the SERP, right? So 2000 bucks a month, 500 bucks a week. Let's all do that and show that we are not out of touch. How about we go ahead and do that? And that motion did not pass. And then he told John Oakley what happened after that.
2: Yeah. In response to my in, in response to bringing my bill forward, the government leader Paul Calandra uh, attempted to make light and joke of the situation, and and uh, offered a, a motion for which he sought unanimous consent to reduce my pay. Um, I did not speak to the motion. I did not think it was appropriate, and the legislature voted unanimously to cut my pay. Now I understand from the speaker that that motion may be out of order. But what is more important here is that the government leader Paul Calandra decided to make light of the situation, decided to make light of the fact that 400,000 Ontarians uh, remain unemployed from pre-pandemic levels, decided to make light of the fact that uh, people are destitute, they're losing their businesses, they're losing their life savings, they're borrowing more against their homes and this is just absolutely shocking and inappropriate that at a time when so many Ontarians are suffering, that the government house leader, that this PC government, that the Doug Ford government, which used to make light out of the situation by by bringing this, this mischievous, essentially, maneuver, is disrespectful to the house, it is disrespectful to the people of Ontario, and it's utterly disrespectful to the many to the hundreds of thousands of ontarians that are suffering right now economically and otherwise because of this lockdown shame on them
0: listen if you're going to introduce a motion that says that we should all in order to be relatable to people and show that we're not out of touch that we should all cut the amount of salary we get a week to match the serve then you have to be able to You know, be willing to walk away. Like it's sort of like buying a car, right? Here's here's how much I'm offering. If the deal falls through, the deal falls through. But I'm not I'm not bluffing. Like I'm walking away, right? And so John Oakley kind of called his bluff and asked him about you know if you'd be willing to work for five hundred bucks in a John Oakley sort of way. Have a listen.
1: So, what do you go from about three grand a week down to five (laughs) hundred?
0: No. He laughed at that and then he gave a very long-winded answer that was like, no, like I'm not going to do it if everybody else isn't going to do it. Give me a break. Look, if you believe in this, you should have said, you know, I'm going to do it and maybe I can't do it legitimately like you're still going to pay me. The government's not going to not pay me, but maybe I'm going to give the extra money from my salary to a food bank. That's how serious I am. So because he kind of laughed it off, I say that this was a look at me, look at me stunt and it failed miserably. This is a guy who was kicked at a caucus, um, and I think he just wants attention, and he just wants to make the government that's in power look bad. I mean, to me, this to me this is like a sour grapes stunt. But Chris, you look at this in a different way.
3: Yeah, I think you know. To, you know, think what you want about uh, him or about the Doug Ford government, but I think that while people are suffering and while you know, the laws have been made that have made people's jobs essentially illegal uh they should be eating a little bit of this or feeling a little bit of the pain and i think symbolically it would be nice if politicians took a pay cut even as little as 10% um i know that he was probably just it was probably just a stunt on baber's uh part but there's something to it i think to take a little bit of a cut to say hey we're not going to let you we're not going to suffer but we're not going to uh have things you know as good as they've always been
0: okay while I'd other see- people are suffering Time with that because I like they're if they're not going to suffer what does it prove I mean I actually don't want them to then go oh, I'm making ten percent less I'm going to work ten percent less because that that could happen you never know if they feel like their hands have been forced this wasn't their idea um and they're doing it just to save face I don't I don't love that I hope that our MPPs are working harder than ever during this pandemic. Uh, you know, maybe that's very naive of me, but I think if they're still working really hard, they should get paid. And likewise for people that have their jobs. Now, I understand people have lost their jobs, and it's through no fault of their own. I get it. These lockdowns, they suck. Um, but I don't i don't agree with you on that, Chris. 10%. I don't think that's going to do a look of, of difference. I'll open up the phone lines, Get you give you a chance to respond to Chris's idea, because maybe you're thinking Chris is on to something. 416-870-6400. Um, we'll get your take on this. I think Baber was uh, dying for some attention and wanted to make the government look bad. And he's a backbencher now. He's an independent, not getting a lot of traction. But this to me is a look at me, look at me stunt. Like he had to know it would fail. And so it was all just theatrics. But Chris is saying, you know what, maybe, maybe MPs could just give a little. How about 10%? Okay, they're not going to suffer, but it's something. It's symbolic, like we're with you. I would hope they're with us. I would hope they're working as hard as they can to alleviate things for us, for people that are really struggling, because people are really struggling. I have a friend who uh, owns a bar in, in Toronto, and her rent is astronomical, astronomical. And... They still owe the landlord that rent. She doesn't know if she's going to survive. I feel horrible for her. Mark, thoughts on this? Chris's idea, 10% pay cut for the MPPs?
4: They shouldn't take a pay cut because they won't take a pay cut. And if they take a pay cut, the teachers are going to have to take a pay cut, and all public service will have to take a pay cut, and all MPs will have to take a pay cut, and that's not going to ever happen. And unfortunately, the problem that we're in right now is you've got medical doctors all the um bureaucrats you want to call it making their salaries eileen de villa pulling in almost a half a million dollars uh, in her salary um
0: i don't know that that's right think, on the where are you getting the money on eileen de villa i don't think she makes that much
4: she makes about four hundred thousand dollars a year mm, it's, it's I, online
0: i don't think it's that high chris you want to check out the sunshine list if you get a chance i think uh I think she's maybe more around three and she's got a lot. She's been working nonstop. You're saying that she doesn't deserve so, the money she's getting?
4: No, it's not that she doesn't deserve it. But at the same time, when you're looking at a business that's got nothing and it's not a matter of deserving, teachers deserve their money because they're working as well. Doctors deserve their money. It's not a matter of deserving. It's a matter of what's the right thing to do right now. And it's the haves versus the have-nots. And and, and that's exactly what the problem is. And if you've got a business or you've got a small a small business, or you're in the predicament where you rely on CERB, uh, the government who still rocks in their money, who's, by the way, has been off for however long, yes, they've been working, but how how much have they been working? Um, well, they're still making know, I, their money. Like,
0: I, I hear what you're saying, Mark, and I hear you're, you're frustrated, and I, I appreciate the call, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to, you know, it's going to give people a, a pause to think about what you've said, uh, but I don't know if everything you're saying is fair or accurate. Hey, Troy, welcome to the show.
5: It doesn't have to be fair or accurate. This is his opinion, and I, and I agree yeah. with his opinion. I think they should lose 13% of their money, and for this sole reason. Why not,
0: 13? Where Where'd you come up with 13?
5: Because that's the HST that I'm paying into the government. Huh? Nothing. I'm not making any money on my business because they decide that I should be closed, and they decide that Costco should be open. Well, yes, other places are open now, but we still have lost so much, and they have lost nothing. And to say that, yeah, but they have been working, we would love to work if we were given the opportunity to work, yeah. we don't get COVID pay, we don't get no other incentives, and we deal with the same things. We, we are more out here with the COVID patients and sick persons than they are. so I, and he's right. she does the doctors start at two hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. Doctors All
0: also, doctors. I think like, I don't want to get into a big doctor conversation because doctors also, a, for that money, they have overhead. They pay a lot of money. Yeah. That's not their take home. Like, I, I think it's unfair to say that. But, I mean, that's totally off topic. If we could just stay on topic, because I think Chris is asking here for the MPPs to show, you know, to jump off of what Roman uh, Weber was presenting. And to say, yeah, you know what, we'll do something. And maybe 10% isn't enough. Maybe it needs to be 13%. But what I'm hearing here, which I actually didn't expect, so I'm hearing a lot of people are with this. A lot of people, uh, Roman Baber was very smart to bring this up because this is exactly what he wanted. He wanted reaction. Chris, before I go to John, do you have something to add?
3: I just wanted to point out that uh that the cabinet and the prime minister in New Zealand took a 20% pay cut back in the spring. Uh, apparently also Japan some politicians took a pay cut there. I'm not sure it, what capacity how many of them did. Um and India and South Africa the governments there also did commit to a pay cut and I don't have the statistics on it. Um the taxpayers uh, so, uh Canadian Taxpayers Federation uh is also today uh put out a news release calling for the uh government politicians in Ontario to take some kind of pay cut.
0: All right. Well, you're not alone then. John, are you in agreement with Chris? And what would you set it at?
5: Hello there, and I have to say, I do agree with Chris. I think they should have taken about a 20 to 30% pay cut as a show of faith to say that we're in this with you, because that's the underlying message here, is we're all in this together. No, we are not. I'm here to tell you that there are many of us that are 11 months into a lockdown now. We're We're suffering mentally, financially. Physically, this is taking a toll on people I know and myself like I've never seen anything in my life. And Eileen Mm -hmm. DeVilla, I don't think – I heard a little while ago that she wanted everything locked down until June. Now, I'm not sure if I can verify that. But I listen to a well, lot of Well, I know doc-
0: that for sure she wants everything locked down still till March the 9th. We can well, say that with with certainty because she said it.
5: No, but that's too long. It, you, you keep moving the goalposts, and mm-hmm. I'm ready to get back out into retail on February 22nd. I'm dying for it, and a lot of people are you Are you really? Yes, like, I am. I went, out,
0: I went out in it y- yesterday because I can, and uh, I was like, okay, and I'm out. But no, that's just me. I'm, I mean, I have a 90-year-old in my life that I have to worry about.
5: Uh, Okay, your circumstances are different. I live alone. My circle is very small. I want to go back out to Valley Village. I want to go to the public library. I need to do these things. I need to go to Canadian Tire. I need these places open. The community needs them open. Eileen DeVille is short-sighted. There's a lot of people that call up John Oakley's show every day who are very, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, medically and uh, otherwise uh, sound people that disagree with these lockdowns. And I'm at the point now where I really disagree with them. I think they've done more harm than good.
0: I uh, hear you, John, and I appreciate the thoughts there. And I I know that there's a lot of people that agree with you. I saw them in my my area yesterday. Hey, Penny and Dundalk, uh, very quickly, do you agree with Chris? Do we need MPPs to take a pay cut here? I absolutely do, Kelly. And I have to tell you, I have to say to the Ontario people that are listening right now, hear, hear, Roman. If there was more politicians like you, I think this would be a better place. And okay, be- but Penny, should he not? He put, it, he brought it forward. Should he not? Just because everybody else isn't with him, should he not say, okay, I'm going down to 500 bucks uh, a week, and here's my money? Because he laughed at it when John Oakley asked him. And actually, I think his laugh was probably taken out of context. I actually heard him on know, another program saying no. I, well, I do believe that I think he would take a pay cut. No, he I said do. no. He said no. said he wasn't going. Well, to. you know what? I think that the stuff that I've heard and the stuff that yeah. I've read, I do, I do believe that he, he would put his money where his mouth is. Okay, well, he's not, Penny, though. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, maybe he'll change his mind after he hears this because it's possible he's listening. Uh, you know, and maybe we'll go, well, geez, you know what? I better put my money where my mouth is. People like Penny believe in me. And that's fine. I, I, look, at we got so many phone lines ringing off the hook right now. I appreciate all of you for calling in because I think a lo- this really, it's an eye-opener for me. I did not realize there was so much appetite for MPPs to uh, cut the pay. But, Chris, hey, I give you full credit where credit is due. You, you are you know, on the- it.
3: The other thing that the Canadian uh, Taxpayers Federation is calling for not just politicians to take a pay cut, I'm just yeah. reading deeper into their press release, they um, would also like to um, to try and get Ontario uh, government employees to also take a pay cut. I don't know if that's just temporary, but that's they're asking like for a lot there.
0: Who Who's the, who the Troy? The teachers. Good luck. And that's a wrap. We'll talk to you tomorrow.